0: One of you just
1: does a clap for us and then... <laughs> Everybody loves the clap. I feel like it's a... I
0: it's don't a think everyone name. loves the no. clap. No! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Awesome. Okay, great folks. Uh, welcome to a New Table. One more episode. Uh, this, this New Table is actually a very special one to me because we're doing it with my, one of my very good friends, Max Abbott, who is a master baker in the art of sourdough baking and also the founder of Sourdough Revolution, a bakery in Lechleit. So thank you, Max, for doing this episode with us. Welcome. Uh, before we get started, I did want to share a little bit of context and why this is so special to me. And that's because so we're here um, in Lechlade, Lechlade on Thames yeah. in Gloucestershire, where Sardo Revolution is. And Lechlade is actually the little village that I first lived in when I moved to England yeah, two and sure. a half years ago.
0: Yeah.
1: And. This is where I found my community and my tribe and you know I met you guys and all of our friends Yeah, yeah. and that's actually where I first got inspired to do A New Table. Good. Obviously like I didn't have the whole sustainability and local business angle yet but I was just so inspired by everyone's unique stories and so I came up with the name first A New Table.
0: And, and then, then was out.
1: Yeah, and then I worked out how to connect yeah. the dots. So anyways, two and a half years later, here we are. Um, yeah, so that's a little bit of a backstory. Um, okay, cool, so for those who don't know Sourdough Revolution yet, yet, and for our viewers and listeners at home, tell us a little bit about the bakery
0: okay so i i started the bakery it's got to be seven and a half years maybe maybe longer actually time flies um and what happened victoria my wife and i we moved up from cornwall i uh, qualified as a sports performance coach um working in outdoor education and my aim was to go into teaching um i took a teaching job it was the worst job i've ever had and it didn't why yeah it it was awful it was a it was a it was a really tough job, like first year sort of teaching quite troubled kids. And, and I, ju- I just, it, I was thinking the whole time, what am I doing here? I had a lot of kitchen experience beforehand, so I did my did the rounds of all the local businesses with my CV just to say, um, here I am, if there's any kitchen work. And one of the places down the road called me up, it's called Time at southrop yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so oh, they, they, yeah, so they run a cookery school, um, and they've got big gardens, and they just they offered me a bit of gardening work, and and um, they offered for me to be an assistant on their cookery classes, and that's where I met a guy called Daryl Taylor. He taught me to make sourdough.
1: Okay.
0: And it was, it was almost like at that moment, it was like, you know, something clicked you know i enjoyed making it i it was something that I, I i found quite easy and baking you mean but well making bread in particular and so then i started working as a chef in the um the restaurant that was owned by time and we were ma- i was making the bread for the restaurant and we had a Michelin inspector in in um he walked in to the restaurant he's like oh, i am so and so from the michelin guide um who made the bread and you know he that, asked. So he, he
1: asked, "Who made the bread?" Yeah. Yeah. I love this story, by the way.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you, you know when the it, it yeah you know, it's a mission inspector. They're normal people. They just you know they understand food. And and when they ask you a direct question like that, it's, it's either going to be a compliment or a, um or not a compliment. But usually, um, yeah,
1: usually it's a complaint. Isn't it like people are most likely to complain than actually give a positive? Yeah. Sure. Yeah.
0: yeah. So so he you know he said who who made the bread and I was like right yeah. you were stressed. That was me, I I made the bread, and he looked at me, and it was really matter of fact, he pointed at me, and he said, that's the best bread I've tasted in a very long time, and that's saying something. You should open a bakery. Oh, damn. And that planted the seed, Um, and for a long time after that, I didn't didn't stay working at that kitchen for very long after that. I went into a marketing job in Swindon, I was uh, knocking on doors for charities for, for a year, um, just really doing anything to, to pay the bills and stuff like that. But at the back of my head the whole time it was like thinking about what this guy had said.
1: You should open a bakery. You
0: should open a bakery. And so Vix and I, um, at that point we borrowed um, what to us was a significant amount of money and we converted this garage here this was a double uh, this was a double garage originally. Yeah,
1: no way okay
0: yeah so we took we took the wall down in there um I bought an oven off eBay which was another um
1: adventure, a, in, itself. adventure in
0: itself yeah <laughs> really that I mean that that oven the guy, the guy said to me I've got two ovens if you if you can take them both off my hands you can just pay for one and you can have the other one for free okay and me being completely naive like I I'd never bought a bakery oven before. Right. And it, I, I honestly didn't know what I was doing when it, come, it came to setting up a bakery. I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. I'll take them both. Yeah. And Obviously,
1: the guy did not care enough about those ovens.
0: He'd uh, taken them, take them out because they'd been, um, they'd been condemned. <laughs> did you know that? <laughs> no. <laughs> and so, th- so the, at about 10 o'clock at night, this HIAB truck back down the lane... And these two ovens were dropped off. And I'm, I'm not kidding you, the, these ovens, each one was, you know, from me to you. Yeah. but Actually bigger than that, square and almost up to the ceiling. Are,
1: oh, okay, the, so not these. So not this no, one no, they're I've not, got here. These are no, obviously you're not using condemned ones. These thi-
0: these things were like a tonne and a half each, dro- dropped in the lane by this high ab. Um, so, you know, we got them up against the wall. And uh, I came to bed and Vix uh, was like, so the ovens been delivered. I was like, yeah, yeah. She's like, where are the ovens? I was like, they're in the lane, and 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 Vix is like, uh, Vix is like. Oh, um stop stop stop! Oh yeah. Hey, hey we have up? a
1: visitor. Come and sit up
0: here. <laughs> Come and tell the story.
1: Everyone, meet Basil. Yeah. so Who just had ice cream?
0: Is it nice ice cream? Who
1: could be due for a nap? <laughs> oh gosh, she really does look tired. Huh? Okay, so on. do you want to? continue
0: about the ovens yeah so so vix is like where are the ovens and uh (laughs) and i was like they're in the lane she's like you have to get get them in now someone's gonna steal someone's obviously gonna steal them i was like you don't understand these ovens are bigger than land rovers they're not gonna get stolen overnight so that so um so that happened it took 10 of us to to bring one of the ovens in into the bakery But then the other one I put straight up on eBay and I flipped it for just a little bit more than what I'd paid for both of them.
1: Okay, oh, smart. So,
0: so the first oven that set the business up came for free, um, not without trouble. So I got the electrician in and uh, he wired it up and the top two de- decks blew out. F- on fire, blew out. Okay. So uh, he's like, the bottom deck's working. The top two, de- two decks are never going to work again um, because all the kit that... that they were condemned need, for it, a reason. Yeah, there's no, you know you can't get that stuff to fix them anymore. So, so we got um, we got the bottom deck working, and it was like, right, if this deck can get me through six months of the business, then we have a business. Oh, okay. And at that point, we had no customers. Mm-hmm. We had no we, we we had we had nothing. It was like a wing and a prayer. Um, and so we got going. We started making bread. We started making bread for a local cafe and um and go on jump now
1: just for the ones who are going to be listening to this podcast yeah. and not, not watching looking. it we have uh, Max's three year old son Basil who decided to do an impromptu cameo and, and he's
0: going back out again
1: yeah I think this yeah it's obviously too boring we're not entertaining enough, enough for him bye Baz <laughs>
0: So, so, yeah, we, got, we we had this um, deck and we, we started making bread for a local cafe. Um, again, sort of six months into that, the bread, was, the bread was kind of snowballing. The volumes of bread that we were making were, um, were growing and growing. And then what, one of our... Because you
1: were leading the entire baking enterprise. I mean, it was you're me. The, you're, it was, it, you're it, the bread.
0: It was just me. Yeah, yeah. it's you. It was just me. Um, and so, hey, Baz, are you back again? Hey, I'm,
1: you gotta, you gotta, you gotta pick, man, because I have a few questions to ask you too. Oh, bribery yeah. works.
0: Bribery works. For <laughs> I the know. Kids. And so, um, <laughs> so yeah, we were working with a local cafe, and then one of one of my best customers, he came in. Actually, his name is Jeremy Mogford, and he set up the Brown's chain of restaurants um which is a big you know brasserie chain he sold that he got a a group of restaurants and hotels in oxford called the oxford collection and he came to me and he was like um i want your bread for my table okay oh great and uh and i was like sorry i can't do it you know he was like what do you mean you can't do it you know (laughs) what do you mean you can't i just i I (laughs) I, I was like i can't it's just it's just me on I'm, i'm on my own i can't like I can't make the bread uh bake the bread deliver the bread to Oxford it's yeah. just not going to work but come back in 6 months and uh and I'm sure you know we can talk we can talk yeah so he came back almost to the day 6 months he's like okay can I start using your bread please He
1: didn't forget your promise He didn't forget,
0: he didn't forget. <laughs> and uh, and and so it was like yeah okay sure so we uh we started sending bread to him we've been working with Burford Garden Company yeah. really closely but it's all been very organic like the growth of the business we've ne- we've never advertised um, yeah that's how it is
1: and so now like you have so obviously we're in the bakery where sure. the magic happens but right across the street so we're in downtown Lechley right across the street you guys have a shop for that's right yeah customers to walk in yeah. and they can buy I mean, breads, but also you guys have like pastries. And yeah,
0: that's right. And so we do, we try and work, um, the, the bread, the bread, we get milled at a local mill, uh, Matthew, Matthew's flour mill, the, the mill that we were using before Wessex mill actually had to close down 120 year old family business. Oh, um, wow! cause the energy bills were so, we going so high. Yeah. yeah and I definitely want
1: us to talk about that later.
0: They, they just uh, pulled the plug on that. So we use Matthew's flour mill. Um, they also mill for a company called Wild Farm that we use. So yeah. all, of, yeah. so when you, yeah, nice. yeah. yeah, so so when you go into the shop, everything on the counter, all the pastries, cakes, uh, all the baguettes, everything is Wild Farm. Yeah. Uh, Wild Farm flour, and they uh, we use them because they're producing regenerative flour. They they're using regenerative methods on, on on their farms. Yeah. And that you know that's important to us. So yeah. so when when I first set up the company, we we had to make a decision between going organic 100% organic right or going conventional now there's a lot of UK farmers what's conventional conventional to, conventional okay. farmers I uh, use whatever battery of um
1: uh, okay you mean conventional co- uh, conventional farming uh, agriculture you know, so, yeah exactly farming, yeah. that
0: so so there's a lot of farmers that don't use glyphosate and there's a lot of farmers that don't use pesticides and mm-hmm. don't use fungicides and herbicides yeah um, but they're still conventional farmers, and they don't have organic. Yeah, they're not necessarily
1: organic, right?
0: But then you have organic, and for for us, if we wanted to go one hundred percent organic, we'd have to be reliant on grain from Canada or Ukraine or Kazakhstan, all all over the all over the world. And if if we take the Canadian grain, it's really good grain. It's really strong. It makes good bread. Thank you but it's been put on a ship and tanked across, yeah. and tanked across the Atlantic Ocean so yay yeah, it's organic but carbon, bo- footprint. Bo- carbon footprint exactly Where which is
1: something I think people don't really consider sometimes in their shopping um, thought process like you think oh great I'm buying these uh, fair trade organic bananas but yeah. at the same time like that's great and all but then there there's the the shipping, um, the shipping yeah. to consider, and the impact on, yeah.
0: Yeah, and that was it. So, so for us, that that sort of like the, the organic, um. It was outweighed for us because because of that carbon footprint. Mm-hmm. So we went conventional. Now, Matthew's flat mill, and before when we were using Wessex, they pull all of their flour from within fifty, or they pull their wheat from within about fifty miles yeah. of the mill.
1: So it's kind of like making the compromise where you really valued um like working with other local partners yeah sure
0: Uh, and and knowing that we don't have a huge carbon footprint even even if that flower is conventional farmed conventionally um you know that that was slightly offset and there's a huge amount of conversations you can have about about the chemicals that are going on fields and the and the you know the besides that they're using pesticides herbicides fungicides they're not good for our health
1: yeah
0: Um, but like i say, there's a lot of farmers that aren't using that stuff or they're using it very sparingly and so Um, even
1: then it's kind of like better than fully conventional with pesticides the certification if you will the organic label is just very very difficult for some farms too and i think also i i don't know this so i'm probably gonna have to like look it up but I think even if you would buy a piece of land or lease it and then start an organic venture, uh, you still would need a few years um, waited out if the previous owner was using for, um, pesticides and things like that to actually be eligible to have the organic certification, even if you're yeah. still doing it organic for many years.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure how it works exactly, but I, I, I think you'd find that if, uh, if that land has had... Um, all of those chemicals on mm-hmm. it, you'll never get a certification. Yeah, and actually, a lot of organic land is dead. You know, you can go into the soil, um, you can dig a hole in the soil, and there, you know, you don't get earthworms. And well, you that's
1: because it's not regenerative.
0: Yeah, and you don't get fungus. You, know, you don't to get talk a, about. You, you don't get the <laughs> fungus, and you you don't get the that mycelial mycelial network to yeah. keep everything healthy. So, is it necessarily good? Is yeah.
1: yeah it's interesting yeah and, th- and that's the whole point is to have an awareness and an understanding of every single um, aspects of a situation to kind of weigh the pros and the cons yeah, and sure. like you're saying it's about trade-offs and the trade-offs that you were making for making sure that you were working within um, yeah. close local producers I, yeah, think, I think it's a wonderful mindset
0: and I think also organic can become a bit of a buzzword
1: 100% yeah it's greenwashing.
0: (laughs) it it just seems that you know people do people do fire that word around and really don't take into consideration as we said the the carbon footprint of the the actual grain
1: well it's like well again and I say this a lot well intended sometimes maybe like misled uh, approach to you know how you're making choices thinking that you know, because, again, a lot of people just don't know the full picture. Yeah,
0: and con- consumers, consumers um, will often, you know, it, it's like, oh, I shop organic, I buy organic. Yeah. But if you push them on that, that that's where it stops. Yeah. It's like there's a, uh, you know, a kind of... Okay misguided sort of truth in their heads about what organic means but they just stick with it because it's for sure it's only like I think organic makes up sort of less than five percent of the UK's food intake it's really low oh it's a really low market I didn't know that it's really, not not a huge amount of people use organic yeah but the word that buzzword is used a lot
1: yeah so moral of the story is if people cannot or don't buy organic, A very positive or another great way to shop is also just local. Sure, yeah. So, I wanna obviously family run business. We just had the kid come in. um, But I wanna talk to you, obviously, about the great successes that your business has had from literally, like you said, starting from zero. I wanna say like negative one or two because of those two condemned ovens um, (laughs) that I didn't know about. but I do want to talk about, like, the challenges of running a local, small venture. And, um, you know, I mean, I it feels far behind, but it's not really that long ago that we just went through a pandemic where there were a lot of lockdowns and restrictions. Sure. And I'm actually curious to know how you guys sort of navigated that as a small business. Because yeah. you were only, what, four
0: four years in four or five years i yeah. think yeah it's there, there are challenges to, the the population of letchlade is small and sometimes i think he, as a business you can use ex- excuses and say well, we don't have the footfall right to to we really don't have the footfall to justify having a big business but if you if you create something that's good enough people will will people will travel and come to visit um, because it's a small area, competition's always always an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, there are competitive elements across the Cotswolds. People set people, you know, setting up bakeries as a money making venture, which yeah. is fine. That's it's absolutely fine. S- sourdough bread is a very popular commodity.
1: Yeah,
0: if it's made properly you know, it's it's good for you, but. And also lot...
1: during the pandemic, wasn't there this like major trending, make your own sourdough. Yeah, sure.
0: The, yeah, there was a lot of people got involved because, just because they were locked, yeah. locked in. and it's
1: Sourdough had its renaissance.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it did. And there were f- a fair amount of people contacting me on Instagram. I didn't get too involved in that. Dur- during the pandemic, obviously that first sort of week or two of lockdown, I think it was around 12th of March, Seventeenth of March. Okay, we're gonna to have to lock down, flatten the curve, and did you guys so have to
1: stop the? Op- we stopped everything. Op- everything. Okay. Yeah, it
0: was. It, it, I turned around to the guys. It was like, we gotta
1: stop. Yeah, that's okay. it.
0: You, no business. No, you know, we didn't ha- at that point. It was. You know, we didn't have okay. business because everyone's lo- Everyone's locked down, and then very quickly we had certain food suppliers calling, asking if we could make bread so of for their delivery services there were a lot of delivery right, services yeah. that popped up during pandemic
1: because that and groceries and all that that remained an essential business technically as a supplier of bread yeah, sure. you would have been part of those right? yeah that could and stay I, running
0: yeah but actually i i just did most of the i did most of the work myself for the first part of pan, okay. the pandemic everyone else was furloughed we were in a sort of golden a kind of golden triangle in a way because Everyone was forced to shop local. You weren't allowed, you weren't allowed to go anywhere yeah. other than the local local yeah. shops. Um, we were the only people selling bread yeah. at the start of the pandemic.
1: That's how I discovered you guys, yeah. just walking around Lechlade Because yeah. I moved in, I arrived here. I was actually, I was in flight when they announced the second lockdown. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, right, right there.
0: It's lucky they didn't lock everyone on the plane. <laughs>
1: well they should have I I was on it
0: (laughs) Um, so that yeah during the pandemic it it was okay we we were selling a lot of bread Um, it worked well
1: I'm hearing I don't know if you can pick it up here but like the crackling of the fresh bread this this was it's not set bread this is real bread by the way
0: yeah (laughs) Um, it does it really crackles when it comes out of the oven it's so good my mouth is watering yeah Um,
1: right what were we talking about pandemic the pandemic
0: we we, we did quite well during the pandemic because it was pretty much only me working most most of the staff were furloughed Mm. Uh, do you feel like
1: that's how people discovered you mostly or do you you feel like you boomed in customer base
0: so what happened with, with us is we we were supplying bread to a local Cafe chain, and I think they hit three or four cafes, and at that point, set up their own bakery. Yeah, probably rightly so from their business model perspective, it was the right thing. It it was the best investment for them to set up their own bakery. Sure. Um, And this is where that sort of local competition comes in. They set, you know, they set up their own bakery. They didn't tell any of their customers really that they were swapping over to their own bakery. Mm -hmm. So during the pandemic, because we were back to the only one selling bread in, in Lechlaid, right. Um, we had so many people coming through the door like, oh, we normally buy our bread from, from that other place. We normally buy your bread from that other place. It's like, no, no, we don't supply bread to them anymore okay. um, and we haven't done for a few years and a lot of people were quite shocked about that. Mm. But we, you, it was good for us to get the message across. And actually, I, I just did a market on Saturday, and what one one in five a people farmers market farmers market yeah selling bread up um, at a local food farmers market and uh, and one in five people were still and this is four years after the fact, four years after they set up their own bakery, one in f- one in five, maybe more, were still saying, oh we get your bre- we get your bread on the weekends from this other place. Ah, uh, okay, And it's I like, see. no, yeah. no, we don't supply them anymore. It's and too this, bad,
1: because you can't trademark a recipe. I, I, well, I I've, mean, tra- I, I've trademarked
0: the name now, but actually, um, so, someone that comes in the shop, he did explain it to me. It's something called passing off. Passing off is yeah. illegal in, yeah. in, in, um, in business terms. You're supposed to let people know What's going on? Right. And don't be devious about it. Mm. Um, so that's been a bit tricky. You know, they kind of turned around to me and said, "I'm not allowed to sell bread in in our our town where we make our bread. You know, you can't sell bread here. You know that sort of stuff." And it's like, actually, you you carry on and run your business, yeah, as a growth business. Do what you want to do, but just let me make nice bread. And if people want to buy it, great. I'm not going to go and advertise. I'm not going to go and undercut. I'm not going to get involved in any of that. You do you. I'll do me.
1: You know the expression, um, what is it? Uh, money talk, wealth whispers. I don't know that. And yeah, I feel like it's kind of like you let the, you let the bread, the real one, the good one, speak for itself. Sure. And I think that that's pretty obvious when it comes to yours. I mean, you know, your bread is like, renown.
0: Yeah, we, I mean, you know, I, I, did, I received a message from an incredibly famous person the other day, um, which was, I mean, don't mention the names. No, don't mention uh, the names, but read us but, the text. <laughs> <laughs> but that, the text has the names in it. Um, you will... Can
1: we blank them? We can bleep them out in editing.
0: I mean, you, you can bleep them out in editing. Um, this was from a very famous person. It was it Clarkson's at the weekend? Mm-hmm. He loves your bread. Oh, so because you he, guys
1: sell at, um... He's
0: talking about Jeremy Clarkson there, the person yeah. that sent me that message.
1: we don't... Yeah,
0: it, it, you can see, see, see the capital letters at the top there. You, I, I don't, I'm, so you, I don't, it, do you I put, not know?
1: Can I? Can you, can you, you, can have, you can maybe Sam better. can have a guess? Can you have a guess?
0: No, he's just had, uh, he's, a, he's a A-list, he's just had um, a new film out with his bandmates... He sings. Two people have left his band so far. Well, now you're kind of like <laughs> giving it. Right, but anyway.
1: I still don't I, know. By the way, to you.
0: Right, you can bleep it out. Yeah. yeah, that's but right. it's yeah. The the. <gasps> yeah. You don't know who that is? I don't know who that is. How dare you? I'm sorry. He's a national treasure.
1: How like old do you think I am?
0: <laughs> that you know when. when during lockdown, he he contacted me. He's like, "Yeah, this other place is shut, and I can so I can't get your bread." It's shut or shit. Yeah, the other the other place is shut. It's yeah, shit. I
1: can't
0: get your is. Sh- yeah, it's shut, it's closed. shit, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't get you. I I'm can't get your bread. <laughs> so he's like, "I can't get your bread." And at that point, I I've been I've been backing down so much, like really not getting involved, not telling people because it's just like. I didn't want to get involved in all the bu- the bullshit of it. It's just like people will find out in their own way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He messaged me about uh, like because it, everyone was locked down, including him. He he lives just down the road now, and he's like, I can't get your bread from that other place, and I and at that point I was like, um, No, I'm telling him. Yeah, I'm just telling him, and and that's where you know that's where you know us messaging um each <laughs> other started. Me running bread up to 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 him and. It's nice, you know. People like people, anyone that likes my bread is great. Yeah. But getting little messages like that when we're talking, we're talking about. We, I mean, we can talk about Jeremy Clarkson. He's one of the first farmers that I worked with yeah. when it when it came to trying to close that close that loop between farmers, bakery, farm shop. Yeah. Jeremy Clarkson is actually the first one that we were able to do that with.
1: Oh great! Um, yeah, because he has. Uh, is it? It's called Dilly's What Farms, right? Yeah, so sure. He's got your yeah. bread there.
0: Yeah. Um, He's got the bread up there, and yeah, he he wanted the bread for the farm shop, and you know it's like, come on, you're growing wheat. We need to we need to close this loop. So he he was really excited about that. Me taking his wheat, make the bread, send it up to the farm Mm -hmm. shop. That like for him, that's you know that's what farming was. I think that's
1: so important, though. You have, I mean, you know, you obviously everyone can choose the kind of model that they want to have for their business, but I think it's wonderful when you actively try to connect with local suppliers yeah promote other local businesses you know i think i think there's this idea and you said it earlier when it's it's a smaller area obviously competition can feel um yeah like higher but at the end of the day i think there is a way to summit level everybody can have a piece of the pie it's just about working together or maybe like it's a bit of a rose-tinted Outlook,
0: yeah, it's an interesting one. I think there there is so there's so much to be said for working together. We, well, I've got great great friends um, of mine that become f- friends there in a bakery called Hobbs House. Mm-hmm. It's a really big club. yes.
1: I met um, I met I met them at to, the. Did you meet
0: Tom and? Um,
1: no, his wife. Anna. Yeah. Yes, Anna. I we so, met at the bakers' meet.
0: So, they're they're great. They they're just like come to the bakery, share information. Let's share knowledge. Let's like look, look, work together. Now th- it's a little bit tricky because when we're making our bread, mm. when we started making our bread, I know a lot of these guys were like, "How is he making that bread?" We need to see if we can emulate that. Oh, and replicate yeah. and your replicate. bread. Yeah. Yeah. But actually, they've they took the f- f- you know they they, they sort of step back from that, and it's like actually, let's just stick to what we do, which is really really good. Um, re- you know, really good bread rolls and you know the white slice and all those things that people are used to that you know get it out to the masses yeah. I take such a small part of their
1: yeah
0: part of the in fact I didn't take any of their business really because well, you don't I,
1: I, have a huge product line I mean you you do white bread yeah quality yeah, I mean, yeah a few varieties yeah, there's yeah, yeah. a seed loaf and yeah. a fruit loaf but
0: but it was you know for, for th- those guys are like you know share information share information um, which is great, but then I've had other other people that come into the bakery, you know, really interested, want to work work for you and stuff like that, and then and then two weeks down the line, they're like, thanks very much, I'm out of here now, and and then you you find out that they're setting their own bakery up in, you know, wherever you know, ten miles down the road yeah. and stuff, and it's like everyone's free to do, sure. everyone's free to do that, yeah. but there's there's sharing information and then taking.
1: And then there's uh, yeah taking yeah you're yeah. right because it's like yeah you can take but then. Pay it forward and back,
0: yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. get that. Yeah, it's like t- taking for dev, you know, for devious reasons. Yeah. It's, like, it's not. It's kind of not fair. That's not in the spirit of working together. Um. Yeah.
1: Well, so okay, I know we talked about you know without naming names, uh, we talked about how some chains like to position themselves as artisanal bakers. Sure. But they are obviously aren't, yeah. and I think that it's very hard to replicate the quality that you guys do at a, a in a in a mass I, commercial I, kind of scale. But without revealing your secrets, can you talk to us about like what makes the artisanal breads here so special? Yeah, because I think, they really are special.
0: I, th- I think t- time is money when it comes to making bread. So if you if we go all the way down the the scale to like shit white bread, mm-hmm. yeah, then the grain comes into the factory it, get, it gets milled it gets mixed yeast sugar additives flour treatment agents whatever get added to it an hour and a half later it's in the oven and two hours after that, it's in a plastic bag in the back of a truck right you know the ho- hovis make eight million loaves of bread a week um and that's that they they can charge Low prices because their volume is is absolutely staggering. Right. There's a there's a balance now. There's a place called the Artisan Bread Factory. They they uh, they're partner of Gales. Chain. That's funny. Yeah. Artisan. Bread Factory. Factory. Yeah. Okay. Now they it it's it's a tricky one because you know how. Ha- at what point does it not become artisan artisan means you know someone that uses their hands Handmade, yeah, it, yeah, that, yeah. that's you know art, artist artisan it's it's made with the hands
1: there's actually there's there's workarounds so obviously my background being in marketing I sure. find this fascinating <laughs> um, but uh, Sam and I uh, earlier we were doing a bit of research and we were looking at you know different types of loaves to compare and I want to I want to walk you through some prices um, to like explain to people exactly the value behind a real artisanal loaf, but it's so interesting because I think on some packages I saw um, artisanal sourdough hand finished.
0: The hand finished, yeah. Okay, so th- let me explain that. Um, so that's
1: not handmade.
0: Okay, <laughs> th- th- this is this is where it gets tricky. I know, actually, I emailed Warburtons a, w- a while ago because I was so pissed off with their la- the labelling on their bread. Yeah. yeah exactly that hand, hand- like finished. hand finished. It's like. What do you even mean by that? First of all, it says contains sourdough, yeah.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not sourdough bread; it's bread that contains contain sourdough. sourdough. So how do you <laughs> okay.
0: how do you get bread to contain sourdough? What you do is you buy desiccated, dried sourdough. Yeah. It, so un-
1: unalive.
0: Yeah. So you've used. got so you've got factories that um that are fermenting big vats of yeah. of flour and water, and then they send it through a, a desiccator. They dehydrate it, turn it into back into flour. Right. Yeah.
1: So it's dead bread.
0: It's dead bread. It's not. It's not alive. It's been, you know, it's been pasteurized. They don't want the thing. Th- the thing is with commercial bread, they don't want any. Uh, they don't want anything out of the norm. They want temperature controls yeah. and pH controls and time controls. So if you're adding, you know, you can make. They know how to make yeast bread. They they pay developers millions a year to mm. to make sure they're getting their, their standard bread correct. How do we how do we make how do we get onto the bandwagon the sourdough yeah. bandwagon? Um, we can add sourdough to it and then we just stick it on the label because there's no protection right. to, to that term. So so they add desiccated dried sourdough powder that we, which is dead. They add acetic acid
1: okay. powder, which is to, a preservative or to it's give it that vine- ac- vinegar. Oh, it's to give acetic it that sourdough acid. taste. Yeah,
0: that's exactly it. <sighs> so 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 that that's what the the the. The bad ones are doing the, right. the the ones that are the ones that are lying about it. Like you said, contain sourdough, hand finished. Mm. Okay, so what's happening there? They've got a massive factory. Some of their mixers are like four, you know, like four or five tons of, of dough. dough. They're he- like they're like swimming pools. They're, you know, they're enormous. I nearly said enormous. Then that's one of my kids' terms. Oh. They're enormous. <laughs> they're hunor- I yeah. like that. It's a nice it flavor. sounds like a word. It does. It well, it works. Um, so that so these enormous mixers, um, they're they're mixing tons of dough, and then that dough is getting tipped out by machines into into big ho- uh, hoppers, and then it's getting uh, it's getting sent through a dough divider, and then it's going down by and, machine by yeah. all, all machine. Yeah, it's going down a line. The you know the the doughs getting the doughs getting rolled as it goes uh, you know around yeah. the corners on the line, and then it's getting rested and and at, at the end of that process mm. the loaf is ready to go in the oven. Right. Yeah. So then you've got someone cut scoring it, yeah, and then hitting a button and in the loaves go. Okay? Hand finished loaf.
1: So it's quote unquote a perfect seeming output, but it's yeah. not necessarily as nutritious or, you know, your body might not react to right. shit white
0: bread. It's that that, that that's it
1: so okay speaking of shit white bread um, (laughs) can we say that we might have to bleep ourselves Um, because this is a a channel for everyone Yay. Um, okay so yeah speaking of all types of white breads um, I want to talk to you about prices just because and obviously we're in a a little bit of (laughs) economic crisis right now and look people can afford what they can afford to feed their families and and that's fine Um, but I want I did I wanted to do a bit of a price comparison, also yeah. just to give to the people listening or watching this a bit of context and to compare. Yeah. So, um, so your loaf, yeah, small loaf, which is quite a big loaf. Actually. Well, actually, no,
0: the, these ones are, the, that's like, a large. The, 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 these are our large kilo loaves. How is crust on that. How
1: m- Oh, that's great! Cool. Um, Can you, um, yeah, we'll do like a little ASMR moment later. Um, so how many grams is that?
0: We scale that at just over a kilo.
1: How much is your small loaf?
0: Uh, that's 600 grams.
1: Okay, perfect. So okay. the small loaf at 600 grams yeah. is four fifty pounds at the shop. Four pound 50, four yeah. pound 50. Yeah. Sorry, Canadian.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and so if we compare, let's say you mentioned gale sourdough yeah. at six fifty, it's four pound 15. So, so a little bit cheaper us. than ours, yeah. Yeah, but theirs is made in you know big batches factory. Sure. Uh, the MNS artisan sourdough is at four fifty grams, two twenty. Yeah. And then the Aldi's no shame. People can they buy what they can afford white sourdough loaf at one pound forty nine.
0: About, its just under half a loaf. You you'll find with the Aldi ones. Yeah. I, you know, no, that one
1: is five hundred grams. Uh, yeah, so it's but it's not it's, too far. it's sliced. Yeah, it's in pre-sliced it, in a plastic yeah. bag and everything. Yeah. So basically, like you know, not to uh, put a focus on all the other kinds of breads, but for people who are you know who are interested or who can or who want to just exp- experiment and spend a little bit more on a true artisanal loaf like yours. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so spend a little bit more money. What is what what is it that they're buying? What's the what's the value behind that? What are they it's, supporting? It's
0: time. It, t- t- time is money. Um, when it comes to sourdough, so again, if you go back to the commercial, the big commercial bakeries, mm-hmm. it's it's an economy of scale. They make right. so much bread, right. so that so they get the get the investment for the machinery. Okay, a lot of that machinery, you can run it with one person. Mm-hmm. You know, there's one you know, head baker, you, whose role it is to hit the button. You know, you might have a forklift driver and you know a few other operatives. Right. But a bit, you know, a big operation can be run on. Maybe ten people. And, that, people, and that's tons and yeah. tons and tons and tons, tons of bread. Because yeah.
1: how much? Because you guys, you're you're still a you're still a, a a pretty, I mean, significant, relatively speaking. But you're still a big team, in my opinion. Sure. Yeah.
0: We, so we we yeah. have on a busy day, we've got six people in the bakery. Yeah. But all, all of our bread, aside from the mixing, we, we mix a hundred, uh, hundred kilos of flour at a time. It gives us a yield of almost two hundred kilos of dough. That's Pulled out of the bowl by hand, it's hand folded, mm-hmm. it's hand cut, it's hand shaped. Once it's once it's been shaped and put into the baskets, it goes into the uh, into the fridge for twenty four to forty eight hours, depending on for the bread that we're making. Proofing. That's to retard the bread. Oh, okay. So yeah, um, I just to, that's just to slow it down, basically. So yeah, I tried
1: to sound smart right there. And I yeah. just, Yeah.
0: <laughs> that that's to slow everything down. Um, with with sourdough, you need time. So the mm. first stage of fermentation, you have like, starches being consumed by the natural yeasts in your ferment. And they produce a lot of carbon dioxide and alcohol. That, that's, that, that's what's happening. You get a nice sweet sm- smelling dough. Mm-hmm. You see the bubbles start forming. To get the sourdough, you need time because after the, after the alcohol producing yeasts have finished their job, and bacteria jump on board mm-hmm. and they start consuming the alcohol they start eating the alcohol and convert it into acetic acid vinegar
1: oh interesting oh and that's they, what gives it the, that the, the sour taste. taste yeah
0: so that's where the commercial bakeries add acetic acid right Artificially. Because, because because they don't want to give it the time right because uh, that's we, too we, expensive yeah we, uh, we we get that flavor by fermenting th- our bread for mm-hmm. a very long time that's that that's how it works so it's time is money people if you if you're buying a true artisan loaf there's only so much bread that people can make uh, you know in in that sort of like bakery process yeah okay we we could invest in bigger mixers um, and you know a bit more of a production line but then how then we're moving away from artisan I I, I can't I I still think I could probably produce it's been playing on my mind quite a lot lately as, as to whether or not expansion is the right way We're actually at the moment we're going through a um we're we're reducing we're we're reducing staff and reducing the volume of bread that we're making so that we can you know just assess everything to see if we want to grow again but i think i think we could probably probably scale it with machinery because because i just i know how to make the bread yeah that's it because you're
1: a true true and that, master uh, of your craft yeah and that's how yeah. I, what you
0: know what if I was gonna scale it I'd want to still be making good bread yeah it is possible certainly you, again back to the artisan bread factory they are making um, good sourdough yeah they are but it, but they still they still cut the time down yes yeah. that allows them to charge less
1: I mean I know that you know Prices and for businesses cost is something that's really relevant right now, yeah. especially with the energy crisis going on. Um, and I know we've talked about that in length, but I think it would be really great to um, hear about what's going on in the situation from your perspective.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. So for, when you put all that into, into a loaf of bread, we, we get the question quite a lot, like £4.50 four for a loaf of bread. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, actually... You, you, Y'all aren't so making a huge profit. Not, you're uh, not robbing people. Yeah. Okay. it's, it's four fifty. <laughs> okay. If if you're just paying for the flour in the bread, yeah, it costs you thirty five p. Yeah. But you're not just paying for the flour. You're paying for the mortgage of the head baker. Yeah. You're paying for the you know the six members members of staff that are ha- making it by hand. Yeah. You're paying for the energy bill, which has gone up eight hundred percent. Yeah. Our, you know, our energy bill was. St- st- staggering yeah. the, the increase
1: yeah because like for those I mean again I think if we have anyone that's watching and listening to this that might be outside the UK and they might not know this there is this huge energy crisis going on it's greatly affecting businesses because their their bills are
0: it's not an energy crisis it's it's a greed crisis uh-huh. so I, I'm just I'm putting that out there yeah. I don't want to get too political but you know, our, our, the UK produced 80% of our energy a few a few months ago it was 80% of the whole UK's energy was produced by renewables. Right. But according to the government those renewables are subject to Putin's war against Ukraine. It's 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 absurd. I know I know they say it all pulls into one market, but we we're, we're being um unjustly stung, I think. Mm. There there's a lot of uh, there's there's a money grab going on. Yeah. A fr- kind of free-for-all like grab Fill your boots, you know. Mm. Get and, what you can.
1: And um, just to give a bit of a comparison of how the how the cost has gone up, because I you were calculating it on your phone earlier. I yeah, had what sure. from because I had a quote from I think it's this company called Bionic. Who uh, wait, let me read it. It's because um, uh, there's no commercial cap in place, so suppliers have increased out of contract gas rates by an average of a hundred and eighty percent. Yeah, um, since August twenty twenty one, but actually, you calculated that it was.
0: We well, our our energy bill, like plain and simple, it went from seventeen point nine p to one pound forty four per unit, in and how, that's
1: how how much time
0: that was back. That's in, crazy. It, so back in November, they said we're not putting you on contract because of market volatility, mm. and then uh, and then and you can't swap to any other providers because com- commercial providers aren't taking on new customers at the moment. Right. Because of the market volatility,
1: and so for month per month, just the the full price, you went from paying how much? Oh, about for,
0: uh, we we went from just so just on one of my meters over the road at the shop, it went from four fifty a month up to two thousand two hundred. Down. I mean, how, how Okay, so again and again, you you know, people, you're not paying four fifty for the loaf of bread. You're paying for massive price increases massive wage bill increases yeah like all all of those things but you're keeping people in jobs right you are like you are uh, by 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 choosing what you eat by choosing real artisan products not you know not just bread but you know cheeses and, and and meats and and vegetables and things like that you are you're keeping community communities in work not everyone should work in a huge Amazon factory mm-hmm. they, they shouldn't have to yeah um,
1: and I mean it's so interesting because right now obviously everybody's freaking out about AI and how robots and artificial intelligence is going to take over and oh my gosh what a travesty but at the same time um, we have to understand that you know there's a everything has a trade-off yeah. and so you know obviously I understand everybody has to make the choices that make sense to them sure. at the end of the day there's no judgment but if you are paying for a very cheap loaf, um, you know, or any kind of other food, then you know it's at the it's at the expense of something else. The same way that we talk about fast fashion. If your sure. T-shirt is going to cost two dollars, I pounds. mean, how is two pounds? Pounds two pounds. Then you know, uh, there's a reason for that.
0: Sure. Um, yeah, and I think a good friend of mine, Jason Hines, he was formerly at Neil's Yard Dairy. He's like. Uh, he's really big in the UK dairy industry. He, t- he, he coins it as, uh, eating with purpose. He, you know, he coins it. He says, eat, eat with purpose. If you, if you can afford to, and you understand, you know, the systems in place around food, you have the choice to eat with purpose. Mm. You, you make a, you can make a difference where you spend your money. And again, we, we talked to the wild farm guys about this. Um, people that buy our wholemeal loaf of bread are helping to make a huge impact in how our farming systems evolve in the coming years. Yeah. You know, that's a fact.
1: And that's really important because, you know, for people who are are concerned about the, you know, about climate change and carbon, uh, you know, the carbon crisis, I feel like I'm overusing this word today, but, you know uh, to consider our farming systems is actually a huge part of the puzzle yeah and so what you're telling us is basically bread is also a part of that
0: bread is a part of it yeah. it's one of the biggest parts of it because it bre- bread is so reliant on mm. on land it, it, it really is not i mean we've got enough land in the uk um to produce as much wheat, wheat as we need really of the quality that we need for bread but it's it's looking after the soil we our our rivers and seas are are polluted mm. and it and you know the health of the the nation the health of the civilized world is deteriorating you know r- rapidly year yeah. on year and you know they they're starting to come around to the fact that actually it's this you know the farming system that may be causing that mm. it's broken and it's breaking humans
1: yeah i mean so baking aside and because you mentioned well from obviously when you took me to the baker's meet a sure. few weeks ago um where i got to meet everyone and uh, and andy was um, andy and george were giving speeches and i have to say like you know as as a friend and also as a customer it's really wonderful to see you in that environment and to those meet and greets and those networking because there's a lot of that right now of Uh, bakers suppliers farmers you know real change makers that gather together to kind of put their heads together and and find solutions and engage and start conversations was really wonderful to see you in that environment because I don't know if it's like your your teaching background and your passion about like you know sharing wisdom but
0: it's just I, I don't know it's something that that it that i want to be interested in it wasn't always that case When when we started i was just trying to make nice bread
1: right you know, yeah. i kind of
0: you know i didn't I, I didn't have my eye on
1: yeah
0: the other side of that and make a living all. for your family yeah um i you know i really didn't have my eye on the the finer details of farming right grain and or the entire pollution. ecosystem of yeah, it. yeah yeah but the more you go down the line and actually, you know, we, we made the decision that we, we want, we do want to do better, mm-hmm. you know, so how can we do better? Yeah, we could go organic, but you know, it takes us back to back to ship shipping grain across the UK. Well, that's when it came from two different uh, places, two different friends of mine. They were like, this guy's moved in up the road. He's got a National Trust farm. He's doing like really exciting stuff. And, you know, that was right at the time where I, was, where I was thinking, you know, I need to do more. I need to do better, you know, and it, and, and that that fit really well. Yeah. Like engaging with those guys um, and just seeing what they're doing and actually going, you know, clicking and saying, And yeah, it's really works. cool
1: because it's really an environment and a like a community that's very collaborative. Yeah, sure. And I think everybody, like we were talking about, you know, those who take and don't give back versus those who are really engaged and yeah, yeah. who want to give back. Yeah. So actually on that note, I mean, I kind of know a little bit the answer, but um, I know that you are a very natural leader and an incredible teacher. Do you want to, do you want to share with us what's the next evolution for Sarado revolution?
0: Yes, yeah, So sure. Um, we, we've, well, where we're sitting now, this is a new, a new extension to, yes, the, to the, the bakery. The beautiful Whoa. extension. <laughs> we, we, we've got this like, beautiful extension. Uh, we've got views down to the Thames and and again it's like with the cost with the cost of everything spiraling so out of control is wholesale bread really the right way for us to go yeah because the profit margins you know you run a business because you want to make a little bit of money let's 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 face it but what we found the margins on wholesale bread are quite slim Mm. so how can we supplement the business in a in a better way that doesn't involve buying tons of flour, right. using kilowatts of electricity, yeah. and having to fill up vans with diesel to yeah. to move bread around. And still, so, I
1: guess, staying close to your values. To and stay close. Normal. Yeah,
0: exactly. Stay close to the values and, and be in, the, in this space. And so what we're what we're planning on doing here is to set up a little bakery school. Uh, we'll start bringing people in and teaching them how to make bread and how to make. Pastries and you know, we'll, 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 there's all kinds of courses that we'll probably run. You know, in, yeah. English cooking. How to, you know, Who's going to do that? You're going to do that? Yeah, I'm going to run it. I'm going <laughs> I'm, I'm to run the course. So I've got a little bit of experience, you know, with with courses anyway through working with Daryl back at time all the way at the beginning. We're just going to start bringing people in and mm. chatting about bread and making making some making some nice bread.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, it's going to be good. I hope that we. I know we're gonna come back and probably do a second episode, and this time you'll talk to us about the school.
0: Well, actually, hopefully the school will be set up by then. Um, we are, I mean, you know, you know, Vix and I, we're expecting another baby in October. We're, I know we're that's to- We're renovating the house. One. Yeah, fourth one. We're yeah. we're, we're totally ripping and renovating the house. Um, so, so there's every- a lot going. on. Yeah, everything's tumultuous <laughs> at the moment. So so the ba- the bakery school is currently filled with uh, filled with our. Worldly possessions. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like
1: everything's kind of like chaining on to the next. Once, yeah, sure. Once the house is ready to move back in, then you'll be able to set up the school properly. And that's right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then and then see where see where it takes us. We've got you know we've got an amazing location here. We're very lucky with yeah. that. Uh, we've got a really good network now of people from you know Andy up at the up, up at Wild Farm yeah. to Clarkson down the road. We've yeah. got we've got this great network of, of people that, that we can work with.
1: Yeah. And Lechlade is a lovely town. I mean, you know, with uh, Tim's new restaurant yeah, that sure. opened yeah. up and yeah.
0: it's yeah. It's a buzzing little town. Letchlade is the highest navigable point on the Thames. Mm-hmm. So but, so um, boats, barges can't really get further than Lechlade. Yeah. Um, and so it sh- it, it's, ta- it's taken a few years, but it is becoming a more, um, a, a, sort of a more buzzy town, yeah. Uh, which is nice. It's good.
1: Obviously, it's cool. We live here. Yeah, well, sort of. <laughs> I have yeah. to live here.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there, there is one last thing that I would like to add. Like our business, sourdough Revolution, has always just been about making nice bread. Yeah. That's it. Like we we just want to we just want to carry on making nice loaves of bread, and if people want to buy that bread, then then it's fantastic. But some people can't afford it, mm. um, and that's fine and some people want to use other other suppliers and that's fine but our, but our our ethos for our business is really that we just want to make nice bread and if we can if we can down the line take better steps to make that nice bread better bread then we will so we're working with regenerative farmers yeah add, adding more whole grains you know all those types of things to to make it better but that that that's that's us. That's our business. Yeah. We just want to make bread, nice bread, and if nice and bread know, that gives back. Yeah, and if you and if it, you know if you guys like it, great. Not everyone, not everyone will, mm-hmm. but that's okay as well.
1: So for anyone, obviously, you guys have your shop in Letchley for any walk-in customers. Um, for anyone who might not be in the area, where else can they find Sardo Revolution bread?
0: Sure, so as far over as Sirencester, you've got Made by Bob, which is a nice bistro deli mm-hmm. over there. We've got customers up in Burford, Burford Garden Company. They're a really great customer. They take yeah. a lot of bread. Diddley squat farm shop, yeah. they, they use the bread. Then we go over to UE Coffee Roasters in Whitney. Um, over to Oxford, we've got the Jericho Cheese Company. They, they sell the bread in Oxford every day fresh so yeah, they, they, yeah we're spread out Yeah. we're well spread out but if people do want to find out more they can just jump on the Instagram
1: perfect sourdough revolution food and sourdough
0: revolution yeah. and just sourdough revolution yeah that's yeah. right yeah.
1: perfect go yeah. follow them on Instagram mm. thank you so much Max you're welcome and uh, this is not the last time <laughs>
0: <laughs> well hopefully next time you come back we can actually get some dough out and, and make some bread yeah.
1: Sardo Revolution has a clandestine pop-up pizza shop Friday nights. It's yeah. not clandestine. I just like to say it is. It's cooler that way. You Friday night pizzas.
0: Out. Regenerative flour. From Wild Farm. Good, good toppings, yeah.
1: So it's too late, we missed the boat?
0: No, you you, you don't uh, you, you've got plenty of time.
1: Awesome, let's go get pizzas. <laughs>